Um, as I mentioned at the outset of the service, we have our um, officer ordination and installation today. So uh, really this time in the service will be mostly occupied by that. I, I wanted to do this morning as I have customarily done, and that is just to, to make a few remarks that give context to what it is that we do. Maybe especially for those who are visiting um, or newer to our church uh, so that you have some perspective on why all the fuss, uh, as it were. Uh, first of all, I'd say, you know, it's our understanding, our, our conviction based on what we read in the scripture that there are two offices of the church, elder and deacon. Um, in some church circles, uh, historically, and even today, the office of elder is referred to as presbyter. Uh, that's where we get the word Presbyterian, of course, it just means that we're governed by elders. That's all that word means, governed by presbyters. And they're called that again in some other circles. I would say also we read places in the scripture where the, the word um, bishop and elder are used interchangeably. So overseer, or the bishop or overseer. Um, and the office of elder, those are referred to sort of as one and the same in the scriptures. Um, and, and in fact, also that, the, that part of the duty of the overseer or elder is shepherding or pastoring. So you have in, in different circles, uh, essentially the same office referred to as bishop or elder or pastor, and they really are synonymous. Um, but there are two offices of the church. Elder and deacon, and they are, uh, or each of them is, an office that God calls people to by his spirit. This is not akin to um, assembling a committee of somebody to decide what sort of flowers to put uh, up on, you know, on the platform or on the table weekly or or a, or a committee that decorates the fellowship hall, or uh, you know those kinds of things where you just get a few people together who you think might have good ideas or opinions and that they've got a job to do. This is an office that God has instituted and ordained. These are offices that God has instituted and ordained uh, for, for his church to be ordered, for ministry to happen in the church. And again, people are called to that office by the Holy Spirit. And so I wanted to, uh, to read just a few verses that they're not even specifically about, they're not altogether about um, these offices necessarily, but just about the significance of the moment when somebody is set apart for service to the Lord in a special way. Because I said, some people may wonder uh, why all the fuss? I mean, you, you, the church background that many of us have come from, there's no fuss about much of anything. Anything that smacks of ceremony is just passed off as, as man-made tradition and old dead religious stuff. And why are we still doing that? Um, and, and I would just say that there are certain things in life so sacred because God has made them so, that they're worthy of ceremony. You know, you don't have to have a big ceremony to get married, right? But a wedding is worthy of ceremony. You understand what I'm saying? It could still be a beautiful wedding. You could still be just as married. 
It doesn't have to be a, a, a time where lots of people gather and make a whole bunch about the whole uh, observance. But, to, but it's worthy of that. And so is the setting apart of officers to lead and minister to the church. Uh, so I wanted to read from um, Acts chapter 13 first, uh, then uh, 6, and then I'll flip over to 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4. And I'm going to try to find this verse. Uh, so uh, in the beginning of Acts chapter 13, um, this is right before Paul goes and Barnabas go off on their first missionary journey. They're worshiping together at the church in Antioch. It says there were prophets and teachers there, uh, beginning in verse 1. And this says in verse 2, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Now, three things I'll just point out about that, that the Holy Spirit was involved in saying, set them apart. Uh, it, it'd be worth pausing here to say, do you realize there's a, a countless list of things um, that we could waste our time doing if the Holy Spirit's not involved in it? I mean, we can do all kinds of church stuff. And if the Holy Spirit is not a part of it, it, it is just... Worthless. But the Holy Spirit said, set apart these men. They set them apart, laid their hands on them, and sent them off. We get a similar kind of picture in Acts chapter 6, where we, um, we, we see, we read about sort of the, the first, the calling of the first deacons as we think of them. They, it doesn't call them that as such, but it says that their job was to serve because there were needs that were arising in this burgeoning church. There were needs arising in terms of meeting the physical needs of people, ministering, caring for people that the apostles couldn't do. Because they had the responsibility to, to minister the word and to pray. And so in, in answer to that, um, it says, beginning of verse 2 of chapter 6, the 12 summoned the full number of the disciples. All the disciples, they, 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 they gathered together and said, it's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit and Philip and Prochorus and uh, Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles and they prayed and laid their hands on them. So what happened there? They, they assembled the congregation together and said in answer to this need, you choose from among yourselves some men for the task, and we will appoint them to it. You have the congregation identifying those people. You have the apostles essentially affirming that 
laying their hands on them and appointing them to the task. And not just any old body, not just people who are good at serving tables, but people full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. But they're set apart and they laid their hands on them for this special service, consecrated them. And then in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. Paul, writing to Timothy, says, Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. In the uh, King James or the New King James, it says, or actually in the uh, older version of the New American Standard, not, it says the presbytery, the council of elders. What, what's translated here is council of elders. It says the presbytery. Now, again, we have in our church form of church government, we're governed by elders at the local church and by a council of elders regionally and nationally. We call that regional council of elders a presbytery. And that's really, this is where the concept comes from, places like this in the scripture. And of course, this is Timothy being uh, set apart for the, the, the pastorate specifically. We, we refer to that as teaching elders as distinguished from ruling elders, but, but all to the same office. But they laid hands on him. The presbytery laid hands on him. And it was, it was through that process, actually, that he received the gift, that there was some special impartation from the Holy Spirit toward him for the task to which he was called. But my point is just to give us little glimpses in the scripture that show us there, there is something special about these offices. And so it's worth making much about setting apart time in our service where the congregation is gathered from whom are put forth candidates who then become ordinands, if you will, who are going to fill those shoes uh, and sit at those tables to lead and to serve and to shepherd the congregation. So it's it's not necessary, I suppose, altogether that there be a lot of ceremony attached. And there's not a lot of ceremony attached to this. It's not necessary, but it's worthy of it. That as we are setting apart these individuals for service, that we set apart time in our service to, to focus our attention there. And so uh, what we'll do this morning is first a, a little uh, towel ceremony where we recognize those who are rotating off as deacons and elders. And um, then we'll do the ordination and installation of those officers um, who are stepping into the office of elder and deacon in this coming year. And so I will ask for those who are rotating off to come forward um, at this time. And so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll tell you who those are. Some of them I know are not here because of 
um, sickness of one sort or another, but rotating off as deacons are Glenn Allen, Tom Cameron, Art Hess, Deb Johnson, Dwayne Kale, and Debbie Watkins. If y'all would go ahead and come forward. And I guess the sort of the, the space in between these uh, tables is, yeah, yeah, is probably what we have to work with here. So, yeah, just follow, uh, follow Tom. <laughs> and then um, elders rotating off are John Rubel and Bob Spencer. And as they're coming down, I'll say, and Bob, you can maybe stand right over here on this side, Bob, uh, just for the sake of, I don't know, making, yeah, but balancing it and making it up as I go along. Uh, while they're coming, though, I do want to remind you all that we have, for uh, uh, other reasons, um, it's, it's fitting that we honor once again two of our elders who rotated off because they left our presence and entered the presence of the Lord this year. And so uh, a special thanks to God once again for the service of Michael Escalante and Al Semino, um, their service to our congregation, their service to the Lord, their love for him. And uh, we honor them, thank God for uh, our time with them, and uh, thank the Lord that they are right where they belong right now. I was thinking of this last night and it made me smile uh, how well those two men fit in the presence of the saints in heaven, uh, even right now. So um, we're thankful for them. So this towel ceremony um, is, I, I guess it actually originated among the deacons and the towel is sort of just a symbol of service, really a, a sort of a symbol of the service of foot washing. And uh, the, the, the office of deacon is a, is a service office, and particularly in the way that we understand that and the way that's applied here. Uh, these men and women do a whole lot of work. And they do it behind the scenes almost all the time. Most of the time, they're uncomfortable even coming forward for something just like this. They might be squirming a little bit, even right now, that we made them stand up front. But um, they, they, they like to be in the background, but they are there most of the time, and they serve our congregation in, um, in, in ways I couldn't even name them all because a lot of times we're just making it up. We, we realize there's a need, and so we turn to the deacons and say, hey, can you help? And they say, of course. And then they make it happen. It's a wonderful thing. Um, so, so the office is, is well symbolized by the towel. That would be a symbol of foot washing. And again, this is something that they began. And so as they rotate off, um, we hand them a towel that just marks once again uh, their service. And... Um, some of them probably have a whole linen closet. I'm going to set that one aside because I just snagged it. Because they rotate off and then they rotate back on. And that's okay to do. And we'll leave the light on for you for when you come back. So I'm going to ask you all to turn around so I can hand this to you rather than stepping down on that cushion. And so let me uh, say a special prayer 
Or let's say a special prayer, and you can turn back around and face them. I just wanted you to turn around to, so you could receive that towel. Let's pray for them and thank God for them. Lord, we are thankful for, uh, for these individuals, Lord, for those who couldn't be here today, for Glenn and, and Dwayne. But Lord, thank you for Art and for Debbie and for Tom. Lord, I, I, I just, um, I can't even express enough um, how, how grateful we are for their service to our church. And I think especially about these last couple of years as we have had to adapt one time after another and what worship looked like. Were we gonna do this or not? Were we gonna do that or not? And uh, Lord, they have been so flexible, so adaptable. They've worked overtime in many cases and have done so gladly, willingly, and with smiles on their face. So thank you, Lord. I pray that you would bless them that as they've, given that you would give unto them. Once again, full measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, would you pour into their bosom, Lord. And God, I pray that you would just uh, cause their uh, service somehow to be richly rewarding to them personally. Uh, just that there would be a sense of fulfillment that they've done something good and right. Lord, would you give them rest as they need rest? Would you give them uh, vision for what the place of service you have for them next and perhaps again on the diaconate, Lord. But bless them and the work of their hands in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, there, our elders uh, rotating off are John Rubel and Bob Spencer. We we have a, a purple towel. I didn't mention the, um, each of these towels has a verse embroidered maybe. Is that what you do to, yeah, uh, has a verse on them. And First uh, Timothy 3.13 for the deacons, First Timothy 5.17 for the elders. And so um, I'll bless them once again. I guess, again, John's probably got his linen closet uh, Full and, and Bob too. But um, I, I will say, you know, I was thinking about these two men, you know, in light of the message last week, and I made reference to it earlier, but from Colossians uh, chapter three, put off the old man, put, put to death, not just put it off, put to death what's earthly in you, right? And put on, clothe yourselves with compassionate hearts, kindness, Humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. If anybody has a complaint against one another, forgiving one another, as the Lord's forgiven you, so you must also forgive one another. And above all, put on love, which binds all things together in perfect harmony. Well, listen, I, I, I couldn't think of two men who have clothed themselves any more regularly and fully in, uh, in compassion and kindness and humility and meekness and so on that exemplify what it is that Paul describes in Colossians chapter three. And I'm thankful that that is true of them as they are uh, servant leaders of the congregation, shepherds of the congregation that they model for us uh, what it looks like to really clothe ourselves in godliness. And I can say I am personally thankful that they have been um, kind to me, that they've been patient with me, 
that they have been forbearing and forgiving and loving with me personally. And I know with lots of others as well. So I, I'm, because of, of uh, my connection to the elders on a sort of regular and ongoing way, um, I have, you know, a different relationship with elders than perhaps anybody else in the congregation. And um, so I'm, I, I just have a special thanks for these two men. And so I want to pray for them as well and uh, bless them as they go before they return for another season. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, I do love these men. And um, God, I, I thank you uh, that so many in this room know and could attest personally based on their experiences and observations that what I just said of them is true. I thank you, Lord, for their hearts that have been formed over the years, increasingly into the likeness of Jesus. I thank you for their obedience to him, love for him, for their example to the people, that they are uh, shepherds in the way shepherds are supposed to be, not lording it over people, but setting a good example. And so God, thank you for the, the blessing that that has been to me personally, that I'm the beneficiary uh, of what you have worked in their hearts that they have worked out faithfully. So Lord, once again, would you bless them? Would you cause the uh, seeds that they have sown into the ministry of our church in these recent years, would you cause that to bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold? Lord, would you give them the blessing of seeing just some small measure of that fruit, knowing that there will be much more decades from now perhaps that we don't even see but that you're producing because of the faithful service of these men lord bless them and keep them in jesus name amen love you so this time we will proceed to our Coordination and installation. Um, so I'll ask for these, uh, really, y'all know who you are, and so you can begin making your way forward. How about that? And so here's what I'll say. Um, I, I have here part of what we'll do for the uh, ordination portion of this is invite those who are able and would like to, to kneel for those being ordained. And I've put some here for the kneeling. So you might want to sort of gravitate to this side in this particular, we're, we're less concerned about balance in this case uh, as we are comfort uh, as we kneel. So, um, but our, our deacons um, who are being ordained are Greg Bogdan, Steve Dixon, Keith Fritz, Terry Walters. I think I've named all of them there. And then our uh, deacon being installed is Jeff Nason. So all of them can go ahead and come forward. <clears throat> Just right over here to my right on this side of the platform. Um, our elders being ordained are Phil Brooks and Hugh Thompson. So y'all can go ahead and come forward as well. And we have one elder being installed and that's Steve Curtis. 
So it'll be, like I said, most important probably for those being ordained uh, to be sort of up here in a place where you can kneel. I don't, I don't remember, we've probably done ordination and installation on a communion Sunday, but I don't remember that we've ever done it with the extra tables up front here. So when I walked in, I realized, hmm, let me see how I'm going to make all this fit here. But, but it fits. You fit. Thank you. Um, so what we're going to do here is um, go through some vows. This will be for those being ordained. Greg, Keith, Steve Dixon, Terry, Phil, and Hugh. Um, I will ask these ordination questions and you'll respond affirmatively. Uh, and then we'll have installation vows. That'll be for everybody, including those who have just taken the ordination vows as well as those being installed. Uh, then I'll have some questions for the congregation, just that we embrace our responsibility in relationship to these offices as well as these individuals. Um, and then we'll conclude with the act of ordination. And so the vows, um, uh, I'll ask the questions one at a time, and if you all would respond. Do you reaffirm your faith in Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior? Do you? Do you believe the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments to be the Word of God, totally trustworthy, fully inspired by the Holy Spirit, the supreme final and the only infallible rule of faith and practice, do you? Do you sincerely receive and adopt the Westminster Confession of Faith and the catechisms of this church as containing the system of doctrine taught in the Holy Scriptures, do you? Do you promise that if at any time you find yourselves out of accord with the system of doctrine as taught in the scriptures and as contained in the Westminster Confession of Faith and the catechisms of this church, you will on your own initiative make known to your presbytery or to your session uh, the change which has taken place in your vows, in your views rather, since the assumption of this ordination vow, do you? Do you affirm and adopt the essentials of our faith without exception? Do you subscribe to the government and discipline of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church? Do you promise subjection to your fellow presbyters in the Lord? Do you? Have you been induced, as far as you know in your own heart, to seek the office of the holy ministry from love to God, and a sincere desire to promote his glory in the gospel of his son. Have you? And finally, do you promise to be zealous and faithful in promoting the truths of the gospel and the purity and peace of the church, whatever persecution or opposition may arise unto you on that account? Do you? Okay, and two questions uh, regarding vows for installation. And this uh, I'll ask to all of you as well, and additionally to Steve Curtis and Jeff Nason. Will you seek to be faithful and diligent in the exercise of all your duties as a Christian and a ruling elder or deacon, whether personal or interpersonal, private or public, and to endeavor by the grace of God to adorn the profession of the gospel in your manner of life and to walk with exemplary piety before the congregation 
of which God is making you an overseer or a servant. Will you? Are you now willing to accept the call of this church as a ruling elder or a deacon and relying upon God for strength, promise to discharge to it the duties required of that office? Are you? And now to the congregation. Are you, the members of this congregation, ready to receive these individuals as your ruling elder or deacons? Are you? Do you promise to submit to the elders in matters of spiritual discipline and to receive with humility the love with humility and love the word of truth? Do you? Do you promise to support each of them with your prayers, to give encouragement and assistance in every way as they seek to instruct you in the things of the Lord and to lead you in the building of the kingdom of God in this place? Do you? And finally, do you commit yourselves to fulfill the terms of the call you have extended and to make provision for their needs, whatever those may be, that the name of Christ might be glorified? Do you? And now we will uh, ordain these elders and deacons uh, through the laying on of hands as we just read about in a couple different um, places in the scripture. I'll invite at this time elders or deacons who might be off session or off the diaconate and not currently serving um, actively, but whether on or off, if you'll go ahead and come forward. And those who are being ordained, if you uh, are able and willing and so on, if you prefer, uh, if you'll go ahead and kneel. And you're welcome to stand if you need to. And the other elders and deacons, if you'll lay hands on them. And let's pray. Well, Father, we do thank you. First, for the work of the Holy Spirit in leading people, in, in speaking a soft word, perhaps, in uh, nudging and hearing the encouragement of other people in whatever series of ways that you would incline uh, a, a certain small set of people, that you incline the hearts of people to serve in the office of ruling elder or deacon. So I thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit took the initiative and beginning the process that would set these individuals apart for service. And I thank you, Lord, for their sensitivity to your voice, their obedience to the call, their hearts to serve, uh, their, their willingness and readiness, eagerness to be faithful in all that you've called them to. So, Lord, we set them apart for this special office, these special offices, Lord, we, we set them apart for the task that you've called them to. And we pray, Lord, that you would uh, offer to them by your grace alone, just you would offer a special impartation 
to them of the full supply of what they need to lead and to serve well? Would you give them the wisdom, discernment, grace? Uh, would you give them courage and, and boldness when courage and boldness are needed? Would you give them gentleness and quietness when gentleness and quietness are needed? Would you give them the energy to continue when they're weary? Would you give them patience and forbearance when people have become utterly exasperating? And Father, would you cause the work of their hands, the words of their mouth, the prayers that they utter for the people that they serve, Lord, would you, would you cause all of that to be fruitful? to the glory of your great name. Amen. Amen. And now by the authority of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church and the Presbytery of the Mid-Atlantic, I declare that these individuals have been duly and properly ordained and installed as officers of this congregation in accordance with the word of God and the laws of this church. As such, they're entitled to be given support, encouragement, and honor in the Lord in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.